All right, here we go. Anarchist investor, I am Matt Arkey. Uh, as the banner says, subscribe, follow, comment. Uh, come join me every day, Monday through Friday, at least at noon, talking about contrary investment, markets, the economy, some politics thrown in. <laughs> uh, and let me get rid of these banners because they are in front of my face. All right, uh, it is February 28th, 2024. Um, I just really want to quickly highlight um, Bitcoin, man. Dude, to the freaking moon. What have we been talking about? Talking about having. We're talking about Bitcoin just freaking plowing through significant price levels here on its way up to what I think is going to be a top around probably could even go up to 68. I've been targeting 65, 66K. Uh, if you are just starting your uh stacking of sats if you're using swan bitcoin or somewhere else to start picking up bitcoin just keep at it small amounts regularly whatever it is daily weekly monthly just keep at it if you're holding a giant bag right like if you have a big bag of bitcoin if you are you know a whale or even if you're not a whale if you're just up a ridiculous amount i mean within the last uh let's see since february 24th Hold on. No, sorry. Since uh, January, end of January, you're probably up like 20%, right? Um, <clears throat> maybe trim a little bit when we hit the 65, 66 level. And I'm not saying take it away and go south and never put it back to work. What I'm saying is take a little bit of profit, uh, buy yourself a nice dinner or your you know, loved one a nice dinner, uh, cash out just a little bit retain some of that gain because you're going to have some other opportunities that are available to you especially if bitcoin pulls back and puts in what i'm anticipating to be this uh inverted head and shoulders pattern and which means we won't really see the breakouts and new all-time highs until uh late march early april maybe even after that talking about july right like it's going to take some time for this thing to materialize. And if you're looking on my charts here, I know I'm, it's a mess, but down here at the bottom, like I track the relative strength, dude, we're getting up in the overbought territory. And yes, Bitcoin has a habit of going overbought and then going even more overbought, right? But eventually what happens is it does have to come back to earth because there are people that have big gains and they're going to take some profits. The other thing to remember with Bitcoin is you have a ton of whales out there that are hold, holder, hold, always screw up this word, holders uh, that aren't really putting a ton of their Bitcoin to work on exchanges. They're just sitting on it, right? They are the true believers, which means the active float, the coins that are actually out there trading hands, is not the full amount of Bitcoin that's available. In fact, it's a fraction of what's available, which means Bitcoin can ramp really, really high, really fast, and it can also pull back really fast from people trying to lock in those gains, right? So just don't FOMO your face off here, right? Practice good risk management. Like I said, if you're like a average in dollar cost average kind of person who's buying and stacking sats, keep at it. Um, one thing I advocate for is if you have like a certain amount every day, every month, every, you know, whatever quarter year that you're putting in, when you see these big ramps in Bitcoin, pull back on that don't put in as much every single time period that you're purchasing 
And then when you get a pullback, that's when you take your number and then add what you weren't dollar cost averaging in. But don't stop stacking, right? You just kind of play the game a little bit. What do you want to do? You want to trim when things are going in your direction because you're locking in profits and you want to buy in when things are pulling back because they're on sale. You get a little bit more and you can actually increase your stack considerably by doing that. Uh, as you can see on the right side of the screen, all of the cryptos I look at are just bursting at the seams because of what's happening with Bitcoin. There's just huge movement across the board. ETH continues to pop higher. Now, interestingly enough, Bitcoin dominance within the market is still kind of trading in this range, which means ETH is keeping up, right? Uh, as well as some of the other coins that are out there, some of the other, uh, I would call them medium tier coins, as opposed to the two big daddies being Bitcoin and, and ETH specifically. So keep an eye on those. I'm super happy at my Solana popping up, my very small stake that is growing because I'm mining IoT coin is doing well uh, and the miner is working pretty well and I haven't had any problems with it. So uh, I kind of wish I had turned the stupid thing on two years ago when I first bought it. Uh, but that being said, yeah, really good things happening in crypto space. Do not get irrationally exuberant, okay? Practice good risk management. Don't go, you know, cashing stuff in that you shouldn't cash in and FOMOing into Bitcoin just because it's moving higher. Okay. The times to buy is when it pulls back, when everyone's saying it's going to crash. That's when you want to be buying because that's when you're going to be able to get the deals and increase your stack. All right. I'm going to get off my soapbox on that one. What's the other story that we're following today? I'm actually going to, before I get to the other story, just let me go around some of the other markets here. I, I am going to look at the fixed income markets. Yields are basically just kind of flat. Everyone's waiting for uh, the PCE number tomorrow. That's going to give some insight as far as what inflation is doing. I mean, I'm a skeptic. I mean, more often than not, I figure the numbers come in the way they predict that they're going to come in because they doctor them to look like it. And for the most part, they're typically either under or over reporting something to suit their needs. I think what's going to happen is you'll get a just a tepid inflation reading, which won't mean rate cuts necessarily. It also won't mean rate increases. So I think it's just kind of like situation normal. Um, I think you're going to see some trends that are have been happening throughout the beginning of the year continue to play out. And um, unfortunately, that means some of the things that are in bubble territory will get further <laughs> into bubble territory. Um, I mean, a truly healthy market sees some kind of rotation. So when things have huge moves up, those pullbacks typically see money move to other areas. The problem is that right now, the only place you'd really be moving your money is into cash and sticking with a 4 or 5% yield on a high yield money market or a savings account or staking your coins if you're you know, a, a crypto maximalist. Um, you wouldn't really be moving into real estate right now because real estate is overpriced. Interest rates are high, right? Um, Gold and silver is a wild card. Let me pull up gold and silver here. Um, obviously, they had great moves over the last couple of years. But right now, I mean, gold's just in this holding pattern, right? And the question becomes, all right, what's the next move? I think the catalyst for the next move for things like gold, things like oil, silver, Bitcoin is going to be once the Federal Reserve starts to cut. Uh, and if they cut and they cut consistently or they cut deeply, I think you're going to see these things really continue that that upward trajectory and momentum that they've had over the last couple of years 
If, on the other hand, the Federal Reserve comes out and they keep pushing back the rate cuts and pushing it back and pushing it back, I think you're going to end up getting this kind of malaise uh, kind of environment that I talked about yesterday on the live cast. Um, and interestingly enough, talking about inflation, uh, I just put out an article on uh, the Substack regarding ammunition and whether or not ammunition is a good hedge for inflation. And uh, if you do the number crunching, it turns out it's not really that great. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not like not a hedge against inflation, but it's just not a good hedge against inflation. Um, and actually, if I uh, pull this up for you right now, I can pull up the actual article. You can see what it is. I, I love this meme. Uh, just the garage full of ammo and two bikes. And it says, this is clearly overkill. Who needs two bikes, right? Um, ammo does have other uses besides being a hedge against inflation. But uh, it's not the greatest hedge against inflation. So be wary of anyone who's telling you to, you know, that inflation is coming or it's already been here for a long time. And you should just load up on unlimited amounts of ammo. Don't do that. Um, and sub to the link in the details below. Uh, to the anarchist investor on Substack. All right, so let me also get to something else I wanted to talk about today. So uh, this, you know, stock market, casino, whatever the heck you want to call it, has been fueled for the most part by seven publicly traded companies. And why the heck am I not seeing the tab that I want to pull up for you? Um, asset totals, no. Where the heck is my mag three uh, here we go. I have too many tabs open. Uh, three companies are driving the Magnificent Seven trade. Now, I want to. I want you to pay attention to this phraseology, right? Like this, it's not Freudian. It's like almost 1984-ish, right? Um, it's dangerous for markets to be hyper concentrated within a handful of investments, right? Um, kind of the the yin and yang here is there's so much cash sitting on the sidelines right now that's earning four or five percent that we'll probably see a market correction and you'll probably see some of these darlings have a fall from grace and have some considerable losses will that follow through to the rest of the broader you know wall street casino i don't know i i think we would probably end up seeing a, a decent sized drop but you know doomsday that everyone's predicting I think is less likely. I think what's more than likely is this, you know, and I'll say it again, this 1970s style malaise that just kind of hangs for an extended period of time with substandard growth and productivity and stuff like that in the economy. But look at the Freudian phraseology here. They, they're not even talking about the broader marketplace anymore. They're talking about the Magnificent Seven trade. Okay. So Magnificent Seven trade is now uh you know uh investment community speak or investment media speak for the entire marketplace the entire publicly traded uh marketplace and to boot as if that's not scary enough um now they're saying that that trade which is essentially a proxy for the entire market is now only down to three companies because since the beginning of the year and I can go down here and show this chart here. Since the beginning of the year, there's only really three companies. And what's funny is you look at it, look at the chart, right? NVIDIA is one of them. Everyone's been following NVIDIA. It's a trillion dollar company that only makes $30 billion in profit every single year. 
what could go wrong with a 60 or 70 X multiple on that one, right? Um, Meta, which for the most part is uh, has been burning through cash in prior years. And the reason why it's rising so much is because they've just stopped literally taking piles of cash out in the back and burning them. They've stopped that. And so now they're apparently this darling of growth and development in this marketplace. And then the third one that they cite is Amazon. Look at the Amazon line. It's, yeah, it's 14, 15%, but guess what? That's nowhere in the the range of Meta and, and NVIDIA, right? So, I mean, technically you could look at this and be like, wait, MAG2, <laughs> right? I mean, eventually we'll get down to one and then probably zero. And then the question becomes when we get down to one or zero, uh, does that mean everything falls apart? Or does that just mean that this narrative falls apart these darlings fall from grace and that movie in that movie that money uh cycles into a different place within the economy me personally i think that money is going to move into a different place in the economy and it's going to be away from you know high growth high risk type of stuff i think it's going to move towards really boring stuff right um and you know cash flow type stuff real estate type stuff but there has to be a correction in some of these sections of the economy, some of these sections of the marketplace before that money rotates in there. So there could also be a holding pattern where we have a dip. Everyone kind of sits on their money for a little while to see what's going to happen and then eventually starts to redeploy it into certain areas that have come down and have maybe overshot or they've come down and there's been some pent up demand. And, you know, housing is a perfect example of that. I think we have one to two years, and I actually wrote an article about this as well. I think we have one to two years of uh, soft pricing in the housing market that is woefully needed. I don't necessarily think that interest rates are going to come all the way down to where they were before. They'll still be elevated compared to where they were in you know, 2019. And so you'll still have mortgage rates in the 4 or 5% range. But I think what will happen is housing has to get more affordable. And so there's a lot of inventory that's coming online within the next two years. And then after that, there's then a drop off in the inventory. And so I think that's going to be your opportunity. You'll have the next two years where the one boring thing you can focus on is specifically residential real estate. Not, I mean, commercial is going to take it on the chin, but that's going to be kind of like this rolling collapse in the commercial uh, space within the marketplace. And you got to have big money to get involved in a number of those deals. So I advocate if you do want to get in a piece of that, you know, you have to find one of these investment companies that's going to take your smaller piece and bundle it together with a bunch of others. I mean, in on the casino, you know, in the casino, you could buy REIT stocks and things like that. There's actually a lot of independent uh, real estate investors that are out there now. Um, I don't have one I endorse. Uh, I got to do some research on that one because I don't really put my money with any of them. Uh, I would definitely check on ground floor, which is basically a way for you to create cash flow by investing in real estate in small amounts. Um, and it gives you the opportunity not to put it all in one shot, right? You can piece into it. So, uh, yeah, mag seven down to mag two, I guess. Uh, all right. What else do I have? I want to remind you, um, and I'm not even looking at the comments right now because I'm just kind of in my own head doing my spiel here, but, um, every day when I'm live, if you're here, throw something in the comments, even if you're watching or listening to the recorded version, throw it in the comments, whether it's a question, observation of the market what you're doing uh, in your, you know, kind of investment world or, or how you're handling things. I want to know about it because I want to discuss it. And 
if you want to see any topics covered in the future, whether it be on the live cast, on the podcast, or uh, in the written newsletter, I want to hear about that too, because I want to do research and talk about the things that you want to talk about that you're interested in and that you have some some questions about. Um, it was kind of a short show. I feel like I've been doing 100 miles an hour. Uh, there's a couple other things going on in the marketplace, but those are really the two big movers and shakers. I would say that, uh, and I didn't even pull up oil. This is something that's been getting a lot of coverage uh, recently, or a lot relative to, you know, not being covered at all in the past. Uh, but if I pull up the oil here, um, wow, there's some <laughs> wonky prints going on here in the West Texas West Texas uh, chart. But uh, if you pull up crude here, crude also has been kind of forming this base. We had this huge run up in 2021 into 2022, like midway through 2022. Then all of a sudden we had a big pullback here, um, despite the ongoing geopolitical risks and things like that. Uh, it seems to be forming a base, right? Um, granted, this could always come back up to this trend line at like 87 and then roll back over and fall down. I can tell you that one of the reasons why I'm not calling for this like, you know, Great Depression-esque kind of fall apart of the world economy and specifically the U.S. economy is because typically those things happen when something unexpected, like when you get into a very uh, precarious position, when the economy is like on the edge, right? But then something completely unexpected runs up and pushes you off the, the edge of the cliff, right? Pushes the economy off the edge of the cliff. Leading into 07 and 08 in the great financial crisis, the one thing was the price of oil. Oil just freaking skyrocketed. Um, and once it skyrocketed after the Fed started cutting rates, it then created an environment where you had weakness in real estate, uh, very bad weakness in real estate, as well as a lot of fraud. And then you also, on top of that, had the consumer economy completely fall apart because of the price of oil. Um, does that happen again? I don't know. It could. History rhymes. It's not, you know, it's not identical. We probably won't see something exactly like what happened in the run up to 1929 or in 2008-2009 but i think you're probably going to see some amount of support here for oil specifically because uh the white house spent down the strategic petroleum reserve while oil was ramping up a couple of years ago and so they're essentially providing a put on the price of oil uh, and uh, that's creating basically a floor uh, or a foundation to trade off of so as they continue to replenish that strategic petroleum reserve, I mean, you know, it's it's a decent risk reward. And I'm not advocating that anyone get into trading oil commodities or anything like that. But I would be looking at things that have some exposure to oil. Um, and again, if you don't go into the, the broader marketplace, um, there are ways to get exposure to, you know, commodities trades and things like that that aren't necessarily Wall Street products. And I'll, I'll get into that in the future. And kind of talk to the, talk to that point a little bit as well. Um, oh, on that note, the other thing that you can do if you are a Bitcoiner and you have huge gains, if you don't want to liquidate any of your Bitcoin and you know put it in cash or stable coins and stake it or or hold on to it and wait for a lower price point to buy in, the other option that you have is if you have an options account somewhere, uh, you can hedge. Okay, which 
uh, is a, a Wall Street casino type uh, uh, technique or activity, right? But the truth still remains that it's not necessarily bad, it's just a manipulated activity that happens in Wall Street, or they use that to manipulate uh, the indices. You can use the new Bitcoin ETF and buy uh, a few put contracts on it with the expectation, you, you're not doing it to make money, you're buying it with the expectation that uh, if Bitcoin doesn't go down, you're basically just getting rid of that money. But it's important because it's basically an insurance policy, right? Um, you know, those those contracts might cost you, uh, you know, a couple bucks, a couple hundred bucks, depending on how, how big your, your stack is, maybe even a thousand bucks. But at the end of the day, that thousand dollar expenditure that you're willing to lose could end up saving you, you know, orders of magnitude more, tens, hundreds of times more in losses if uh, if you're going to take that route. Right. Um, and that's a very uh, doesn't take a lot of cash, but it's also why it's so risky. Right. It's also why you kind of have to kiss it and <laughs> expect it not to come back to you, right? Unless the shit hits the fan, so to speak. So just another thought on that. All right, that's all I got here. I got to like stop the screen share. I'm just going to check the comments one more time, see anyone checking in. Again, like I said, reminder, uh, anything you want to talk about, every single Monday through Friday, 12 Eastern, I'm here live. I would love to chat with you. Shoot me your comments, uh, your show ideas and your questions and what you're looking at. I would love to talk about them with you and for you and do the research for you and write about them as well. Sub to the Anarchist Investor. And uh, I guess uh, see you guys tomorrow.